Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Merry Christmas, everybody. At least welcome to Advent, first Sunday of Advent, it's a time that we celebrate every year at Pathway Church, but Christians all over the world um, start preparing for Christmas, actually preparing for the, preparing hearts for the birth of Jesus and uh, his coming to each one of us. So some of you may have an Advent calendar around your house. You may not even know what it is, but you mark all of those days. And so today we're going to be Starting, we already have uh, started our Advent reading. Um, today we'll be talking about hope. Actually, I want to talk to you about hope in Jesus. Aren't you thankful for Jesus today? Amen. It's really wonderful to have the Parker family here at Moffat Campus and over at Airport Campus, the Nicholsons. Man, we love how the Nicholsons, Nicholson family has grown by 50%. Welcome to that new little baby, and we're just so thankful that all, for all that the Lord is doing. During the first service uh, today, our nine o'clock service, I, um, I watched that first candle get lit. I was just minding my own business. I'm just at church. I'm prepared to preach, and I was a part of worship, and I felt the presence of God moving in our worship service. And when that first candle was lit, this, this wave of emotion just kind of washed over me, as I thought of Jesus being light, a flicker of hope in the middle of a dark world. And I'm just so glad that God stepped in and he's ministered to us, ministered to me, ministered to you. And I know that the truth, the reality of the coming of Christ is very present, very close to your heart. I, I pray that this season is a time of just getting closer and closer to Jesus. When I saw that candle, strike, I thought about people groups all over the world throughout history that have been through some very dark and lonely times. I thought about people that are close to my heart. We've been doing work in Cambodia for well over a decade now. I thought about the people who live on the Tonle Sap Lake, just north of, just outside, just outside of uh, Siem Reap, Cambodia. And there are about a million people that live on that lake. And when I say live on that lake, I don't mean like they have waterfront property. I'm talking about they, like it's a water world. They live in the middle of the lake. They're, they're not residents, not citizens of Cambodia. They're not citizens of Vietnam. They're not welcomed. They live there. They're boys and girls that grow up into adulthood having never set foot on dry land. I've been out there. I've been there. They're little towns. In fact, at one point, uh, our ministry, People for Care and Learning, um, we had a, a floating barge out there because there were, flo- there, were, there, there were floating towns and houses floating out there. And so somebody had built a floating school. So we went out, we, f- we built a floating basketball court for people in that particular community living out in the middle of that water. And it's kind of funny actually how that worked because you guys have seen Amazing Race well, Amazing Race was going through Cambodia and they were out there at our floating basketball court. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Those people, a very dark, challenging time as they, this entire people group 
had no home. This morning, I thought about my friend Jameson Creel. Jameson's one of our great long-term missionaries. He and Kelly Creel, they're beautiful kids. They've been serving in the Middle East for two decades. And they just recently left Bethlehem where they had been leading and building a school for so long to come to the United States and raise money because they're going back to take the ministry they've been doing to Greece. They'll be stationed in Athens and then also on one of the islands there, maybe Thessaloniki, where they'll start learning centers and start reaching a massive movement, people groups filtering out of Afghanistan and Syria, Turkey, all all kinds of people who are facing persecution. Some persecution for being Christian, some persecution for going to school, some persecution because they're just not a part of the right group. And of course, there's a new wave of people coming as the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan. There are so many people that they put on a life vest in Turkey and they swim from Turkey over to one of the Greek isles, maybe Samos or Thessaloniki. Some, some of the very islands that we would read about, Patmos in the Bible, it, it's something else. Now, when Jameson told me he was first going to Greece as a missionary, I said, and to the Greek Isles, I said, I'm, I'm down for a missions trip to the Greek Isles. Anybody want to go to Santorini, something like that? Those beautiful white stucco buildings that dot the seashore, it's beautiful. But it's not like that. It's not like that in these particular places. In these particular places, entire families swim five miles with life jackets. They come up onto these new islands and they take off their life jackets. There are literal mountains of life jackets that people discard after making this trip. And then they begin to be processed for maybe a new life. They're just looking for a flicker of hope. That's what I thought of this morning is, is the Parker family lit that first candle. You know, I realize when you're desperate, you don't always need help. Sometimes you just need the promise of help. You just need hope that it's possible that you could have help. I grew up in South Florida and so many of my friends growing up were Cuban. So many of my friends growing up were Haitian. So many of my friends arrived in the US. One of my friends arrived in a, in a bathtub with a couple pontoons that he had made. He came 80 miles across those Florida Straits just hoping, hoping for a better life. This is the world that Jesus stepped into. I want you just to think about this just for a second. This is the situation that God's people were in under Roman rule. They had been taken over by Rome. And now let me tell you, Rome did a lot of incredible things. It modernized the world. It was, Rome was a global empire. In fact, you know the the saying, all roads lead to, to Rome. And Kelly and I have walked through the city of Ephesus and this was a town, a city, one of the great cities of the world at the time, the time that Paul was there and Timothy was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Quarter million people lived in this town. There was running water and running sewage and roads and libraries. I mean, it was an amazing place, this big, beautiful Colosseum. We stood right there. We stood, we walked the streets where Paul had the great revival that even shut down the idol makers, the gold and silver 
artisans that were creating little idols to other gods. So Rome had done a lot of good things. But let me tell you, Israel, they had a pride in their heritage. It it was a national heritage. I mean, think about this. There was, their kings had been David, David the Great, Solomon, wise and wealthy, the temple. He built so many beautiful things. But it wasn't only a national heritage that they had. And let me say, I am so thankful to be an American. I don't know how you feel. I know to some people, it's unpopular to say that stuff today. Let me tell you, you go where my friends came from. You go to Cuba, you know, you go to Haiti, you go to places where there's repression and and oppression. There's, there's tyranny and, and, and dictators. You go there. Listen, I'm glad to be in America. I just really am. I can't help but just say that. I'm glad for it. It's wonderful. And, but even as, as an American, you know, my family has a heritage. Um, a, a lot of my family came from Ireland. In fact, the McCoy side of my family this Irish heritage, it came over largely as prisoners of war and were dumped off and settled in North Alabama. It's on my McCoy side of my family. Rednecks and Irish are very similar. I mean, just listen to the act. They're very, very close. And the Johnsons, Johansons, came from Northern Europe. And, and you know, I... That's pretty neat to me. I I like that. And there's probably a lot of other people, I know there are, that love being an American but still have an affinity for the heritage. I know that. In fact, so many of my friends who are Cuban, while they are Americans, they are great Americans, great Americans. They love their Cuban flag and they view themselves as the exiles. They, They view themselves as exiles from Cuba. So many of my friends that, came here, feel that way about the country that they come from. And, but not everyone that's here today came from somewhere um, on their own. Some were brought here by force. And while you love being an American, you have an affinity for your heritage. Maybe in Africa, maybe from some other place. Now you love being in America but your ancestry, your place of origin means something to you. Have you noticed that? We all pretty much like to have some kind of grounding and some kind of roots somewhere. But for Israel, it wasn't just national origin. It wasn't just national legacy, but it was also a spiritual legacy. So here Israel is, they, had, they were under Roman rule. Now, they had been in Egyptian bondage, Egyptian captivity. They had been in Babylonian captivity. Now they hadn't been carried off, but they were in Israel and the Roman leadership was asserting themselves over the province of Israel. It was actually a problem province because they so loved and enjoyed their country and their heritage that there was always some uprising trying to throw off Roman rule. In fact, we know this, even as Jesus was about to ascend, his disciples were saying, Jesus, when are you going to 
overthrow this thing. They saw Jesus as a, you know, he was going to take up political leadership, some type of governmental leadership. He was going to overthrow the, the Roman rule. And, and, and Jesus is going, fellas, you just don't quite understand just yet. That's, there was a spiritual heritage. In fact, the spiritual heritage would say that we serve the God of Abraham, say it with me, Isaac and Jacob. It was many generations of worshiping the true and living God, Jehovah God. And so here they are, hundreds of years. Silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Many years of being ruled by Rome. In fact, so many times, even Jesus was, they attempted to catch Jesus in traps Jesus would respond by saying something like, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, render unto God that which is God. He's saying, yes, I'm a part of an earthly kingdom, but there is a kingdom that is greater, it's bigger. So I'm not asking you to step out of your earthly kingdom, but I'm asking you to be faithful in the kingdom of God in whatever situation, whatever circumstance you can find yourself in. I'm just thinking, if Alabama was occupied by some kind of invading force, there would be a great darkness that would have settled over 2021, greater than anything that we've experienced in 21 or 2020. It was a dark time that Israel was in. So when that first candle lights, when that that first candle of Advent lights, I'm just putting myself in the place where I'm thinking after all of this darkness, after all of this difficulty, then there is hope and promise of something better. Freedom, life, liberty, hope, salvation, healing, reconciliation, God's promises becoming true. I'm reminded of that today for my own life. Of course, we know that Jesus was born in a manger. Of course, we know that Jesus is a historical figure. There's more historical uh, record for the existence of Jesus of Nazareth than most of the Caesars of Rome. And there's no question Jesus came. And as Christians, we hold on to this truth. And as we hold on to this truth, I want to come and give you this message of hope today. We have hope in Jesus. We have hope in our Messiah that Jesus came for us. Today, Pathway Church, there is hope. Can we just bless the Lord for that today, right now? I want to give you three ways that Jesus is our hope. Go with me to Matthew chapter two. We're going to look at verse one. And here's the first thing I want to tell you is that Jesus is our hope for a better future. Jesus is our hope for a better future. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is this newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. I want to pause there just for a second, because when hope comes to people who are oppressed, it's joy for them. But when hope comes uh, for the people who are oppressed, it's a threat to the oppressor. So while we celebrate the coming of Jesus that brings freedom, let me tell you, the enemy trembles at the name of Jesus Christ. 
What's hope for me is a threat for the enemy. When I see hope for my family, when I see hope for the future of my family, the enemy doesn't like that. He will do everything he can to stop that hope coming alive in the Johnson family, that hope coming alive in Pathway Church or in Mobile. But I'm thankful that while the darkness is powerful, while this cultural moment is powerful, let me tell you, Jesus is more powerful. The hope of our future is more powerful. Jesus is greater than anything the enemy has to throw at us. I, I, don't, I don't know. Amen. I don't know what your family is up against right now. I really don't know. I mean, you can tell me and I know a little bit, but I don't really know. You don't know unless you're on the inside of somebody's heart and their mind knowing what they face. Listen, there are things that Kelly doesn't even understand about me. She can't understand it. She can, can't comprehend it. It's not her fault. It's not that she's not listening, but my problems are the biggest problems in the world because they're my problems. The same thing is true for you. I don't know what your family is facing, what you're facing today, but let me tell you, there is hope for a better future in Jesus. I'm thankful. We're really blessed today. Really, if you just stop and think, I know there are things going on in the world. You know, I don't want to pay what I'm paying for gas right now. There's some things like that, but let me tell you, we are so blessed. We're so blessed, but let me tell you, there is hope in Jesus in eternity that our tears will be wiped away, that our sins will be forgiven, that we'll be reunited with Jesus, that we will spend an eternity worshiping the Lord and being in his presence and having all of our pain and sickness gone, our broken hearts mended. Aren't you glad that God will reconcile the people? Hey, there are movements today that are trying to reconcile people and fix things. Let me tell you, earth is not equipped to fix what's broken on the earth. But the Bible tells me in the book of Revelation that every people, every race, every language, every tongue will gather together and worship God. So what we so feebly try to fix now, Jesus will fix once and for all. I'm glad for that. Check this out. This is pretty amazing. For the believer, this is the worst it's going to get right now. But for the unbeliever, this is the best it will ever get. Our best day as a believer, with everything good, prosperous, healthy, wealthy, wise, loved, loving, connected, this is the worst it will ever get. Because one day, everything that is wrong will be made right. But if we don't have hope in Jesus, this is the best it gets. We have hope for a better future in Jesus Christ. Now, the enemy wants to stop it. He wants to stop it. You're saying, Pastor, actually, my family's up against it today. There's some things going on. You don't, you don't understand. My kids are really going through some things. My family, my brother is going so, through some things. My sister is going through some things. Listen, there is hope for a better future. Even now. What's your worst situation? Let me, Pastor, I have, a, I have a, a kid that's drug addicted. I have a kid that's alienated from our whole family. We can't even have him in the house because he steals from us, does all kinds of things that are challenging. Listen, as long as there is a God in heaven and a praying mama, and then that kid is living and breathing, it doesn't even matter what his condition is, as long as those things are going. Listen, you don't even need a praying mama. If you got Jesus, you got everything that you need. But as long as the battle is going on, there is hope for a better future. Listen, I know maybe some of you came in with a heavy heart today, but I want to tell you, I just want to tell you, listen to your pastor, listen to me really good. There is hope for a better future. Pastor, but I want to win. Listen, some of our victories 
aren't in the victory. Some of our victories are in surviving one more day. It may be dark, but there is a flicker of hope that's on, hori- on the horizon. And God is not done with us yet. In fact, God is using us as his plan for this world. What if the condition is, is that we are the flicker of hope for Mobile? What if we are the flicker of hope for the Johnson family or the Smith family or the Garcia family? What if God has chosen us and placed us exactly where he wanted us to be so that we can make the difference in somebody's life? We don't always have to preach to people. I mean, we're preaching. We don't always have to be dropping bombs on people, but we can be holding up a little flicker of light. One of my favorite things my dad ever said to me is as I was going off into life, I'm launching. I mean, I've got my car packed and I'm leaving the house. I'm about to put a thousand miles in between my dad's house and me. One of the last things he said, he said, son, don't you worry. There will always be a seat around my campfire for you. There is hope. No matter where we go, no matter what we face and no matter what your family face faces. There is hope for a better future. The wise men go on and of course they come and they worship, they worship Jesus and they give him, open up their chest. There's treasure, there's gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They give it worship and they discern from the Lord that there was a trap that was set if they went back to Herod. They, Herod wanted to find out where Jesus was. And then of course we know that Jesus Along with Mary and Joseph, they have to flee for their life. They go into Egypt for a couple years because Herod was killing all of the babies, wiping them out under the age of two, just trying to get to Jesus. It doesn't matter how much the wind blows. It doesn't matter how much the storm blows against that flicker of light. There is no force on earth that can extinguish the light of God. It doesn't matter what our circumstance, our situation is. The light of Jesus Christ, he is shining. Pastor, it's so difficult. It's so dark. The light of Jesus Christ flickers brighter in the darkness. In fact, the, just one small light can dispel all kinds of darkness. There's hope for a better future. Jesus is also, not only is he a hope for a better future, but Jesus is also my hope in times of trouble. Say that with me. Jesus is my hope in times of trouble. My heart is heavy. My heart is broken. There is hope in Jesus. Psalm chapter 46 and verse one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this. Let's read the next six or seven verses there. Actually, what you will see you're hearing the psalmist write. When we read this, we read this in the context that we know who the Messiah is. We know that Jesus has come. But I don't want you to read it like that. I want you to read it as if you were receiving it when the psalmist was writing it. The, the Messiah hadn't come, but the promise of the Messiah was out there. And you're looking in the middle of difficulty, you're looking for that. Here's what the psalmist says. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the roar, let let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the most high God. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed 
From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. I, 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 love, I love our country. But let me tell you, our country is temporary. Every country, every nation, state, every boundary, every form of government is temporary. Only one kingdom is permanent. God is saying, I, I, I know there's chaos. I know there's chaos. It's much bigger to, to you than it is to me. It's all about perspective. God is a creator. We're the creation. It looks big to us. God is saying, let, let the nations, let the oceans rage. Let all of, they're, yes, they're in chaos. The kingdoms crumble. But God's voice thunders and the earth melts. God is in control. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Listen to that. No Messiah yet, only the promise of a Messiah. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. God with us. Emmanuel is what he would be called. God with us. The Lord is here among us. Yes, there's trouble. Yes, there's difficulty. But none of that difficulty matches power, strength, or pace with our God. Now, people love deliverance. People want help. People are looking for a better future. A lot of people want a better future. Not a lot of people want the lordship of a conquering king, though. There's hope in Jesus. Can I just talk about what I see from here when I'm preaching? I'll give an opportunity for people to respond to what God is doing in their lives. And if I'm talking about blessings, everyone wants to respond. It's natural, I think. If I'm talking about deliverance, people want to respond. If I'm talking about reconciliation, people want to respond. When I talk about the Lordship of God, people are a little more hesitant. Everyone wants a savior. Fewer people want a God, want a Lord. Fewer people want a king. Here's the deal is, I think it's not so much that we don't like this king or we don't like this ruler. We do like that king or we do, do, do like that ruler. I, I think how it goes is we generally don't want to be led by anybody that's not us. I, I, I don't want to be led by anybody that's not me. I like, to be, I like for me to be in control. Look, I've, I've driven with some of you. I've, I've watched as I drive. I see people sitting next to me trying to put on the brakes. I'm like, the brakes are not there. The brakes are here. What are you doing that? Because you want to be in control. Everyone wants the blessing. Everyone wants the safety. Everyone wants the freedom, the liberty, the health, the strength, the deliverance. Few people want lordship. We want deliverance and blessing without lordship. But let me tell you, the king is coming. The king is coming and everybody is going to bow to this king, to our God, everyone. See, the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian, a believer and a, non a non-believer is only timing. Timing is the only difference. Because every human that has ever walked the face of the earth 
will bow to Jesus. The only question is, do we bow now of our own choice or do we bow later when we have no choice? Jesus is our hope for a better future. Jesus is our hope in times of trouble. And then lastly, Jesus is my hope of salvation. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 24 in verse 36. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. However, and let me say this as we're talking about salvation. Salvation for some people is just wonderful. Salvation for other people would be terrible. And it's not because they're being saved, but on the day of salvation will also be a day of judgment. It'll be a day when some will... Some will fully be saved and some will be lost. You're going to hear a little bit about the pathway to heaven. We can go ahead and come to the... Think about going to heaven. I want you to understand something about going to heaven. This church will not go to heaven together. The Johnson family will not go to heaven together. The Doherty family will not go to heaven together. The Harwells will not go to heaven together. People go to heaven one person at a time. It's not big rows of people going into heaven. It's people one at a time. I won't go to heaven because of my friends. I won't go to heaven because of my associations. I won't go to heaven because of my church. I will go to heaven because I received the hope of Jesus Christ. Me, me, not you, me. I won't go to heaven because you were good. I won't go to heaven because I participated in legacy people campaign. I won't go to heaven because I was a small group leader. My small group won't go to heaven with me. My small group, there will be no small groups going to heaven. We will filter through those gates one at a time. Why? It's a narrow road. Not everybody will make it. Our hope of salvation is in Jesus. But the very God that we go to for help in times of trouble, the very God that we go to with the hope of a better future is the very God that we will stand before in judgment. As we go into this Christmas season, I want you to understand at the very core of the Christmas story, at the very core of faith in Jesus Christ is not warm sounds filling the air. It's not gifts under a tree. It's not good things for you. Let me tell you what it is. It's the reality that King Jesus stepped off his throne and became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, he moved, the message translation says he moved into our neighborhood. He gave up all of his privilege 
while keeping all of his responsibility and all of his authority. And he came to live here with us so that we would know. Carl may be the reason he was born in a manger was so that all people everywhere would know that no one is too good for Jesus. He identifies with us in our most lowly of places. Why? To overthrow governments? To make things better? To get a better government system? A a, a better monetary system? No. So that he would be the Lord of our lives and that we would be friends with God. That we would be reconciled back with him. The Messiah King born in a manger. Growing in wisdom and in stature is what Luke 2.52 says. Touching the untouchable. Loving the unlovable. Allowing even Nicodemus, the great Nicodemus, the Pharisee of all Pharisees, sneak into do Bible study with him under the cover of night when it wasn't popular to do so. He allowed that to happen. He turned the water into wine. He opened the blinded eye. He, he, he raised the lame. He raised the dead. For all of these things, he was put on trial. He was mocked. He was diminished. He was beaten. He was crucified. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he was resurrected. He appeared to 500 witnesses at one time. People knew he was real. In fact, the the very people that denied Jesus while he was alive died for him after the crucifixion. They asked, when are you going to overthrow this government? He said, it's not for you to know. Besides, I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to prepare a place. And, and you go on to Jerusalem and you tarry there until another comforter comes, the Holy Spirit, who will empower you to be my witnesses in this world. And he ascended and sat at the right hand of the father where he's making intercession for you and for me, for you, for you, for every single one of us here. That's our hope. Our hope isn't just better things, a better future, a a way out. But our hope is in a God who made his home among us and spoke a language that we could understand. And he didn't just emote with us. He didn't just have empathy for us. He didn't just feel bad for us. He's not just another Dr. Phil. He's not just some Oprah to make you feel better and to give you things. But he's a God that laid down his life and forgave your sin and he made things right. That's my hope. That's my hope. Yes, I want a better life. Yes, I want to prosper. I want to do better next year than I did this year. I say that with no shame. I'm not afraid to say that. But listen, if I don't get one more thing, if I have no more health in my life, if there's one thing that I get, I want Jesus. I want salvation in him. I want to make my home with him and he would make his home with me. That's our hope today. That's our hope. Pathway, I'll do the best I can to take the principles in here to help you have better families and better life and to have abundant life in Jesus in this little bit of time that we have here. But if there's one thing I can get down into you is that I would get the fact that we have hope in Jesus who will take everything that we've done wrong and he will make it right. And everything that's been done wrong to us, any abuse, any difficulty, any challenge, he will wipe those tears from our face the times when you have been mocked and evil has been said against you for things you didn't even do just for who you are. Listen, 
God is going to make all of those things right. And he's going to prepare a place for you to dwell in and worship him forever. That's what I want for you. Go be as awesome as you can. But in your going, don't go without the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. That first Sunday of Advent today, we have hope in Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that today? Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap. Stand with me all over this house. Say, Pastor, you've been, you've been talking and I just can't stop thinking about the hope that I have in Jesus. And quite honestly, Pastor, I really need God's touch today. I came in this place knowing that if I had an opportunity to reach out to God, I was gonna reach out and he's gonna grab a hold of me. And I'm just saying right there in your place, if you're saying, I need a touch from the Lord right where I stand. I want you just to slip up your hand over at airport campus here at Moffat campus. Just go ahead and raise that hand. That's beautiful. Just so beautiful. Go ahead, slip that hand up. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. All of us all over this house, let's lift our hands together right now. Father, we come and we thank you for your grace and your strength that can only come through our creator, the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Lord, thank you for your work in us. Lord, I pray during this season, Lord, that you would do strong things in each one of us. And Father, our hearts would be made glad with you as we dwell together. Father, our hope for a better future, our hope in times of trouble, but most importantly, our hope, our hope in salvation. In Jesus, just hold that prayer just for a second. I want to read a passage. Please just keep your, keep your eyes closed. And if you would just keep your hands uplifted the best you're able to. Jesus says, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself, only the father knows. When the son of man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is what it will be like when the son of man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch for you don't know what time, what day our Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also be, must be ready at the time for the son of man will come when least expected. Lord, thank you for that word to someone here today that they need to hear that today because they don't know when. And today is their day of salvation. Today is their day. This is their moment to ready themselves. You are our hope and salvation. You have done your part. Help us to do our part, Lord, right now. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.